Not all those who wander are lost. J.R. Tolkien. Welcome to Aegis Travel Adventures. We are Ken and Giselle. We have been to over 100 countries and are still looking to see what is around the next corner. We love wine, travel, and adventure. Listen to our podcast where we share the fun of the magical places, people, and cultures that have touched our lives. Aegis? Hey, Aegis. Hey, travel? Travel. Adventure. Happy New Year. This is Asia's Travel Adventures. This is Ken. And this is Giselle. And we're going to do podcast number 24 today. And this will be the second half of our Antarctic expedition trip we did uh, in the fall. So we'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, the second half, but more explicitly, the things we saw um, while we were there, things we did, and then everybody the experience asked... experience on the ship. Experience on the ship. And then everybody asked about the Drake Passage. And that would be the, the direction the ship took on the way back. When we went down there, we went over to Falklands, South Georgia Island, which was southeast. And then we cut back to Antarctica, and we, we missed a lot or missed the Drake Passage. So... We did go straight up uh, north through the Drake Passage to Ushuaia on the way back. And we'll talk about that. Some of the um, trips that you may take if you go to Antarctica, they don't do the South, the, the Falkland Islands, South Georgia Islands. They do basically Drake Passage up and Drake Passage back. So it's just a little bit of difference of um, where, how the ship or how the, the, sh- the cruise that you choose to go on. So we went on the, we mentioned before, we went on the Viking Octanus. Octanus, I can never pronounce it. Um, and it took us, again, that circuitous route, and we went around, um, and then we ended up you know, in our Antarctica. And it was our choice. There's, there's two expedition ships. The Polaris is the other one with Viking. <clears throat> and um, we went on the first trip of the year. So it would be late spring down there, although, you know, late fall for us up here in the Northern Hemisphere, and it was a longer trip, and the, the main reason is because the migratory animals um, at that time of the year, late spring, may or may not be uh, in Antarctica, or, or masses of them may not be there. So they're definitely in the Falklands, they're definitely on South Georgia, and when we did get to the, the uh, peninsula, Antarctic Peninsula, the Ross Ice Shelf that sticks up towards South America, there were penguins which stay year-round, and there were some that didn't, and there were some seals there which don't stay year-round. Uh, but there was not the masses of, of animals that we saw, on, particularly on South Georgia Island, and that was because it was still spring or late spring, and they hadn't migrated yet. So just a note, yes, the Viking does do an early and I believe a late trip where they, at the end of the season, where they go to Falcons, South Georgia. But during the main part of the season, instead of a 19-day trip, they do a 14-day trip, which is Ushuaia to Antarctica and back directly through the Drake Passage. 
So you see a little bit, you see different things. I mean, I, in my opinion, you, penguins are penguins, whether they're not, and I wanted to, we wanted to see them, um, and you know, in different places. And we've been to the Falkland Islands before, so we were, we were new, we knew what to expect. And I think we mentioned in our last um, podcast, we were not able to land, we were not able to get to the main island of the Falkland Islands, uh, and so we. Um, we know a lot of people on the ship were a little disappointed and we, you know, we kept saying, Hey, we've got photos we can sell because we did see lots of penguins last time. So anyway, but um, the, the ship was, is amazing. We've I mentioned that before, as far as the, your comfort levels and all that kind of good stuff, it really is a, a remarkable experience. And there's in the, uh, 260 people roughly on the ship, passengers and, and a lot of crew because they got not just the serving crew and then the, you know the uh, the captain and, and all the mates and, and that they also have all the expedition people so the ratio of crew to passengers is very high um, and that's not something we've experienced on other ships <clears throat> although I will say the you know the the higher end ships the ratio is is better, or you know, more crew to passengers than on on uh, not to mention the names of them, but the lower priced sh uh, excursion ships, cruise cruise lines. And one thing about these ships that are designed, the ones that we're talking about, Viking, they're specifically designed for this area of the world so they're they're set up so if you get motion sickness and things like that they're um, have stabilizers and stuff not to to basically not to rock the boat and um, it makes it a very smooth sailing uh, we had a one or two days that were pretty rough but nothing that was horrible was com coming back through the Drake Passage and although all ships today have some sort of stabilizer system the one on this ship was was really pretty amazing uh, and it's yeah, like over the top compared to what we'd experienced before to keep the ship um, you know, as stable as possible. And, and these ships do, in uh, the summer, our summer, Northern Hemisphere summer, they do go, um, they go back and forth you know, between the Arctic and the Antarctic. So uh, Northern Hemisphere winter, that's the summer in Antarctica, and vice versa, Arctic, they do the summer up there. That's and, next on our list. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you think, well, there's not much to see up there, but, you know, as you start to look at the itinerary on the Arctic, uh, there is a lot to see. And, uh, and, and then Polar they, bears. And, <laughs> yeah, and they do, and, and whales and, and, you know, different animals than are in the south. No penguins, though. You don't see b polar bears in Antarctica, no. just let you know, yeah. because that was one of the first things that they mentioned yeah. in our every day. The, um, the expedition crew would have a daily briefing on what's going on, what to expect, and they have lots of um, seminars or talks around the ship. And so they kind of every night they tell you what's going on. And the very first day, the guy said, let me display a couple myths here. No, there are no polar bears and you're not going to see any. Yeah. Except every now and then a lone one comes around, but that's very rare. Not in the south. No, but yeah, but in, in, in uh, the Falkland Islands, I think they said once or twice. Where did the one that they found that one that is the guys that they said? Iceland. In Iceland, yeah, so that's what it was. Iceland, occasionally they've had a few that They've wandered up, up there. Yeah, not, there's none in the southern hemisphere. So anyway, so. side note, another that's another podcast. So anyway, so we were on the Viking ship, and um, they they give you the gear, most of the gear. Um, there is there's a quite lengthy list that they send you of what what's required. Um, required is probably not the right word. What they what they suggest, they do give you 
um, your outer gear. They give you a, um, a jacket that you get to keep. A red, red waterproof parka and with it a blue liner liner uh, vest, sweater yeah kind yeah. of thing and, and then they they lend you the boots and the pants as uh, to waterproof both of them both of them and so you have to go get fitted and uh you know the jackets they're one size they're you know small medium large men and women so if you're really petite or very uh, you know a larger person you may have a difficulty finding you know what works for you but we saw people of all shapes and sizes and those most everybody had the uh, viking gear on there was a few people i noticed that had brought their own either they just didn't want to wear it or whatever so um we got to keep the uh, the red jacket and, and it's a fashion the, statement, let me tell you. Know, and the blue uh, under sweater yeah. garment, and uh, uh, and they're very nice. I mean, they're 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 extremely good. In fact, uh, we're going out to uh, Salt Lake City this month, and we're going to take them because it's really cold and there's snow everywhere. And wearing those things, we were warm. So Ken's taking his. I have a more stylish coat, yeah, but no. that's okay. Anyway, so we're on the Viking ship. And um, again, the, the expedition crew, they're made up over there. They consist of uh, mostly, I would say, people that have a passion for animals and my passion for whales and penguins and or when one one of the one of the guys on the ship was um sharks. he was the sharks and he kept saying i know there's no sharks here because please don't tell me that he goes i know i won't see sharks but they they really have a a passion for being involved with that and they're mostly i would say in their mid to late 20s up to we had somebody who was about our age and her in her 60s uh, and so you, that was rare. Most of them were younger, but they were the nicest young kids, for lack of better words. Um, very, uh, very um, helpful, very, very inquisitive. And they're also the people that when you go off and on, when you're going out in Antarctica, when you're going on the Zodiacs or you're going on, they're the ones that are helping you get on, get off, etc. cetera. Uh, a couple times they had to literally make steps out of snow so you could get onto the landing port so they were saying a lot of them went out there to they go out there and do that so they're very much of a hands-on crew nice nice people we enjoyed they were very fun to talk to and very um informative and loved what they did so the most common whale we didn't know this but we learned the most common whale is the orcas the orcas and uh there were some down there uh, we did not see a lot we saw a lot of pot. We saw a lot of um, the blowholes. You know, <laughs> yes, it's the, coming out. You know, the, the the mist from the whales in the distance, and right off of South Georgia, as we were leaving, uh, there was probably a pod of humpbacks. There was between thirty and fifty of them. That was cool. That was cool. I mean, they were just everywhere. But you know, you you really didn't see much of the whale. You just you saw the blowhole ex exhalation going up. And then they go up, you know, 20 feet. Yeah, know, one, one route, one, one um, people that yeah. were on a Zodiac, uh, which is their small little boats that you take going to and from places, um, they happened to go by a pod of orcas. I mean, they were just at the right place at the right mm -hmm. time. Would I have loved to have been on that? Oh, yeah. 
Because they said they literally the whales were just bumping, almost bumping the zodiac. It was so cool. And their photos were phenomenal. So it's a lot of times being at the right place, right time. We were in Iceland and we were on a one of our third or fourth whale watching trips. And, you know, usually we see a few things here and there. But this one, there was one breaching. breaching. And boy, this puppy, she breached or he breached over and over again. So we were fortunate. So I can say yeah. I can, I've seen a whale breaching. <laughs> and in the zodiac, of course, you're, you're low to the water. And these people said when, when the pod went by, it was probably the, uh, the large one. And usually the pods are led by females. Of course. And the top <laughs> fin was, was taller, much taller than they were in the Zodiac. Yeah. And that, that's... <laughs> A little scary. Yeah, to see think, yeah. them that close and know how big they are. So, we, yeah, so we didn't see them, but we, we saw the photos. So, we, so yeah. lots of penguins, and they were, they were mostly kings. Yeah, we saw the, what was the ones and, with the little fluffy head, the little... Well, those um, are rock hoppers we saw. Those are cute. Yeah, those were on West Point Island in the Falklands. And right above their eyes, they got the little feather lights that stick up, um, kind of like big eyebrows. Yeah, and, they're very and, cute. And they do. They, they are rock hoppers. They jump around like other uh, like no other penguins that we had ever seen. And they were cool. <clears throat> um, we did see multiple kinds. Um, the, the ones that, are, that we saw in Antarctica were... Um, ones that live year-round there. Yeah. And uh, the kings migrate, so there were some kings, but there weren't too many of them yet. Seals, the Weddell seal. You know, we saw a few of those. So, and there were some seals, but n not a whole lot, because it's early season. And they come in uh, they, the, the, the areas that you know they breed and um, have their babies. So the, the, too much snow is not a good thing. Uh, got to keep the pups warm. So. They were commenting that they, the seals were having a little bit of a difficulty time um, finding places to, to um, have babies at that point. So there's also some issues going on with the islands as far as, um, uh, what was it, uh, not a disease or the, you know where we had they kept having to check all of our well, that, shoes and things like that because they want to make sure you're not bringing any um, any foreign items in there because uh, they've had unfortunately they've had some mass deaths of animals uh, because of they're not exactly sure so Antarctica is taking a well, very there's, there's some bird flus going bird flu, around that's the word I'm looking for and uh, and some other uh, influenza types that affect seals. And, and penguins. And well, the bird flu is the one that affect the penguins. That's true. Penguins and are then birds. they had a, <laughs> a, a huge rat problem on South Georgia, and they've eradicated them. And it's taken years and years and years, and that's really helped uh, the local uh, fauna um, coming back because the rats will will eat penguin eggs, anything they can get, penguin chicks, and so they they actually checked our our boat with dogs in the Falkland Islands for South Georgia, which is a long way apart. And then, then we got our clearance to go to South Georgia. Yeah, they're very, they're, they're, which I really commend them. I know it was a pain almost every island after you went to, or whatever stop, you want to call it island, stop. You have to take your stuff downstairs, and they would, like, take your jacket, look at your jacket. Disinfect it. Yeah, disinfect your stuff when you got on board, but as far as they wanted to see your hats, your gloves, et cetera, and so they would turn them inside out. And it was a little bit... And they and have a, a, vacuum, a vacuum system and yeah. they, they vacuum all any debris of any sort that they find on them and then all your boots are disinfected. 
Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the boots have treads and things and uh, stuff gets stuck in them. So they, they pulled the stuff out, they disinfected them. Every time we landed on land, when we came, when we went out, we and disinfected them. They hose them. down, you're hosed down pretty when, much. <laughs> and when you come back, they, they actually disinfect you pretty much from the waist down. Yeah, with that hosing you down, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. Um, you know, when we've mentioned to people about our trip and what we've done, a couple questions that always seem to come up or a couple comments was like, I wouldn't want to go there because it's so cold. So let me say that I get cold when it's below 75 degrees. So I understand your feeling. However, um, the gear that they give you and the stuff that I purchased and brought with us, I was never at a point that I thought I was going to be miserable. So there was only one day that we were, maybe two days, that it got really, really, really cold that we were on the island on, on, the, on our excursion for the day. I kept thinking, I'm a little cold. But for the most part, you're, you feel the weather, but it's not miserable. And then when you're walking around on the ship... You know, you're just walking laps and stuff. And so we walked out many a morning. We would walk around and just look at the icebergs. I mean, the the coolest thing that I thought about this, besides the, the animals and et cetera, was waking up in the morning and opening your, looking at your, art, your, um, your Nordic balcony, which all of them have. It's basically a um, waist-high balcony, if you will, maybe a little taller. The window goes up and down. Yeah. So you can't open it, but it's not a balcony you walk out on. Yeah, but, but to wake up in the morning and have that and then look at those amazing, you know, icebergs of all shapes and all sizes, it's it's just really phenomenal. So that was one thing that I really enjoyed about the, the trip. Um, we also did, one, one day Ken and I um, got got brave and we went out into the hot tub uh, with... Uh, while it was snowing. While it was snowing. So uh, we were the only ones in there. It was the outside you know, hot tub. The hot tub itself was lovely, but getting to the hot tub which you have to walk outside maybe, oh, I don't know, 15 feet of that yeah. the most. It's a little chilly because you're in your swimsuit, but we did that. And that was fun to sit out there for a while. We were the only ones there. Uh, so they that they have two of them around the eye on the ship, and it's fun to do that. So um, the ship, when you're not uh, doing your excursions, is full of really good restaurants, really nice um uh, the library in this ship is phenomenal. Uh, they have every book on the Antarctica and Arctic and historic and, and expeditions. the expeditions that you ever want to read. And you just you don't have to check in, check out. You just pull the one you want and and read it. Even in your room, they have some books for you. So they've got an extensive library. The food is delicious on all the on all, mm -hmm. all the places. So um, we enjoyed the the whole trip tremendously. The trip back through the Drake Passage, and that's <laughs> that's the feared sailing part of the world it, it can be the roughest of any part um wasn't so bad uh, they, they told us it'd be rough so i put a patch on and giselle took some meds um and the next day we just looked at each other and kind of laughed and said that wasn't so bad i took the patch off and we didn't take any more meds you know, we were bouncing around and rolling a bit but it wasn't it wasn't bad we don't typically get seasick but you know i would always advise you to uh bring a patch or medicine uh, just in case because it really can get get bad. Uh, icebergs, uh, it was amazing the amount of icebergs and the size of them. In fact, um, there's been one that broke off an ice shelf a couple years ago and because it's so big, like the size of a city, it was grounded in Antarctica and couldn't get free. And during some storm this past year, it broke free and it's out drifting. Uh, in the South Atlantic, and it's it's it is it's like the size of a city. And at night, when we were uh, moving in the ship to the next location, 
they had twin spotlights in the front. And, and that was pretty cool to watch. And watch them, you know, uh, navigate. And they had sonar, radar for the big icebergs, uh, and they could identify those and steer away from them. No far, Titanic here. Far in advance. But for the littler ones, uh, they were harder to pick up on there, and they didn't really want to hit them. So they had the spotlights out. And we never felt really any thuds or anything. We heard so, a crunching a few times. Yeah, so we're but, like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're <laughs> very small. Um, the Drake Passage, is, it is cool, but, I mean, it's all, it's all water. There's no islands. It's snowed. It snowed a couple times coming back. and That uh, was a little eerie. Yeah. Um, and I say it was rough, but it wasn't horribly rough. I mean, and uh, we didn't get sick. Um, they wouldn't let you go outside when it's snowing or when it's a little rough. Yeah. They they bar all the doors, um, and so but and there's again you, usually on a lot of ships when you think you're going to have rough weather, you go on the stairs. You'll see they have at the end of it they have little um, baggies in case you happen mm -hmm. to get sick. They didn't have those on this ship, which I thought was interesting. So I guess mm -hmm. they presumed if you're going to sick, you're going to go do it in your room. <laughs> so one of the things we did that we you know we talked about the the animals and the icebergs and and believe me there are icebergs everywhere once you get to a certain point and pretty much from. Uh, South Georgia and down, we saw icebergs everywhere. And, and they really, all sizes and shapes. Um, one even looked like the, uh, the the Sydney Opera House, just the way it was I'm going to put some, some photos on our um, Instagram yeah. page so you can see them, because they were amazing. So, Kim, I have a question. Why, is, why are glaciers blue? Why are they blue? Because the uh, ice is so compacted, and it turns them blue. It's so much pressure. Um, that it's, it becomes like heavy ice. It's your tidbit of knowledge for the yeah. day. <laughs> um, we did, uh, at one point in Antarctica, we, we didn't go um, on the island, but it's British Antarctic territory, and they have a, a research place there called Port Lockroy. And we actually sent two postcards back with British Antarctic stamps on them, which is, I guess for stamp collectors, that's uh, probably a, a rarity, something hard to get. Uh, and it came pretty quick, within three weeks, a month at the most. About a month, month. yeah. Um, and it was, it was a small facility. It had some communications uh, towers or, you know, and, uh, and we, we dropped off uh, something like eight pallets worth of supplies off our ship, which is one of the ways we get permission um, you know, or, or Viking gets permission to go down there in the area as they help resupply um, these outposts. So there, there's something like 12 or 14 claims to Antarctica, but because there's a, a treaty that was enacted over 50 years ago, and, and it was a 50-year treaty, it's just been renewed a few years ago, people have research stations, but they, they can't mine or, or uh, take advantage of it in any other way. So it's just for research. Um, and there are several of them down there, but people have made claims to it should the treaty ever expire and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and there's about 12 or 14 countries that have, have claims at this point. So that's another interesting tidbit. Uh, once we got back to Ushuaia, which was our starting point, we had, um, we had a um, side trip the next morning. We got back late in the day, and it was... <clears throat> the sky was really beautiful uh, as the sun set. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I got, we got pictures of that too we can put on Instagram, but it was, 
It was really pretty spectacular. Next morning, we went to the Parque Nacional Tierra del Fuego. And there's a <clears throat> miniature train or a short, uh, short track, what do you call it, uh, width-wise, that you can take uh, from outside the park into the park. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't running the day we went, and our tour didn't include it anyway. So we went by coach. Um, it was okay. I, yeah. I, I, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting it sort of kind of, kind of let down a high after being in Antarctica. You're seeing all these <laughs> amazing things. So then you're going to a national park, a lot of scrub grass. I mean, yeah, it was, I mean it remember, was you're a, at the end of South America. I know, but I was expecting more. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> it butts up against the Chilean border, number one. And another interesting fact is it's the... Um, the start of the Trans-America Highway okay. that runs Didn't know all that. the way up to uh, Canada, and uh, I think it ends in Canada. Well, that would be a road trip. <laughs> and people have done it. And so it's the start of it's right there, and they had a, a marker, and, uh, and that, that was interesting. A lot of uh, Native uh, history in the area. And they had a lot of trails and things, um, glaciers in the distance on, and so on. Interesting, uh, freshwater lakes in there and saltwater, I don't call them fjords, but uh, in, yeah. inlets. And there were animals and uh, mostly seals. So worth doing, I think, once. I probably wouldn't spend the money to go back. So. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, it was. And plus, we were on a coach tour, which Ken and I are mm. not the biggest fans of. Just too many people. You schlep mm. you on, schlep you off. So maybe if we had a car and drove around the park mm. by ourselves, or had a private driver, we might have had a different opinion on. Very it. So windy, anyway. uh, cold, uh, but but it was interesting. And uh, so we're big fans of national parks. So we'll wrap this up today. But uh, you know, we do try to to go to as many national parks as we can. And uh, and as many UNESCO World Heritage Sites. So uh, Ushuaia is an interesting little city, um, but nothing I would go there for on its own. Yeah, we were at the beginning of the season, so it definitely was slower. We had been there before. It was more bustling. But anyway, um, well, thanks, guys, for listening. I appreciate that puts Antarctica to bed. We're going to start off a new year. We've got some trips planned, and we look forward to um, sharing our lives with you. And we appreciate everybody listening. And again, comments would be appreciated, good or bad. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Angels. Angels. Travel. Shadow. Adventure. Adventure.